At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it's Sean here to introduce you to a very special bonus episode of Real Blend, Quentin Tarantino's fourth appearance on the show, which, yes, sounds um, incredibly bizarre to say, but we're really honored to have uh, not only Quentin, but his uh, best friend, really close friend uh, and co-writer of Pulp Fiction, Roger Avery, joining the show because they are promoting their new podcast, uh, The Video Archives, which is, uh, by the time you're listening to this, should have at least its first episode out and is something that we definitely want to send you guys over to take a listen to. Uh, The Video Archives was the show that Roger and Quentin worked at back when they were slinging VHS tapes um, and recommending things to people over the counter. And it's uh, Quentin has said multiple times that working in that video shop is part of what pushed him to become a director. So it's those two guys uh, going over old films uh, that that sort of tickle their fancy and finding actors and going down rabbit holes of people that they want to discuss. And so Quentin wanted to do um, some press in order to let people know that this new podcast was coming. And, you know, Strangely, uh, I, this is still really uh, weird to to wrap my brain around. But one of the things that he wanted to do <laughs> was to come back on Real Blend uh, and talk to us about not just uh, the the podcast that, that he's getting into, but just film in general. And that was one of the things that Quentin said to us at the end of our uh, second time with him, the the New York conversation, which went for about two and a half hours. He goes, you know, at the end of uh, when next time we get together and do this, we don't have to talk about my movies all the time. Like we can just get together and talk about film. So. Going into this conversation, I think you're going to see like we do ask a bunch of questions about Tarantino and his work and and some of the things that he has upcoming, uh, both uh, from uh, the book standpoint and the podcast, obviously. And and we get into some stuff about his 10th movie. But some of the things we bring up is just uh, topics that are entertaining to the film world and and the entertainment industry. And you can tell how much he really enjoys sort of, you know, going off the topic of himself and expanding on a lot of things that he finds really, really interesting. And so for this reason, I think you're going to find out that this one has a different vibe than some of our previous Tarantino episodes, but it's it's a lot more loose and it's a lot more fun. And and strangely, although I, we don't have a video to back this up, it was recorded at his house. But w- at the top of it, we're going to describe where we are uh, and the room that we're in and part of the reason why we're there. So uh, listen, I'm yammering enough. 
we have Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery on the show. Uh, it's Quentin's fourth time coming back to the show. We are always thrilled to have him on Real Blend. And so without further ado, uh, Roger Avery and Quentin Tarantino on the Real Blend podcast. <laughs> All right, I'll go ahead and launch this because I just, this is an audio podcast, but I want to give a setting as to where we are right now. Obviously, yeah, I, I want you to explain where we are because we're we're in Mr. Tarantino's house, which no, is- No, but I want you to explain it. Okay, yeah. so you're here. You're, yeah, we're, you're, no, we're, yes. we're, we're, we're not in the house. One, okay, you already, you effed it up already. Okay. okay, we're not in the house. Okay, not in the house. All right, uh, the phone, the calls are not coming from inside the house. <laughs> Carol Kane. All right, you know, uh, uh, no, Carol, we're Carol in uh, my, uh, uh, we're in my, my theater. Okay, I have a screening room that's a, apart from the house, and it's like a, done like a little theater, and we are inside of that theater as we speak. And I, I remember interviewing uh, Kurt Russell. I think it was for Hateful Eight, and he was telling a story about coming over to these your house and watching films. And I was like, I'm never gonna ever see that theater. And now we're sitting in here, and I got to tell people. Describe it. Describe it. I've walked around. I uh, I hope you don't mind. I walked in the projection room. Oh, no, all yes. good. All good. Um, because I it was a religious to... experience. Yeah. There you go. Do you have 35 and 70, or is it? Uh, what do you? What do you? Uh, no, no. This is uh, no. This is just set up for uh, uh, 16 and. Uh, and 35. No, no, I'm not set up for seven. Do you have a 9.5 millimeter projector in there for a Pelliard uh, uh, film? No, no, I could. <laughs> I could, but I don't. But I, I do want to explain, like, this is incredible. That would be 70 applicable, yeah. like, but I don't. That's a, the format that has the sprockets in the center yes, exactly. between the frames. <laughs> and we're sitting here, obviously, with Roger Avery and Quentin Tarantino. Obviously, we're going to dive into why we're here with y'all for your incredible new podcast. But, I mean, I did I did want to set the scene up as we, we walked in here, and we want to say thank you for inviting us to your home. Oh, because this is, like, a true, um, you know, I, we wanted to ask you, kind of, like, what was it about bringing us here? Why did you want to do the interview here? Like, this is such a cool thing for us as fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be in this theater and talking to you about the podcast but being here um what was it about us coming here well frankly you guys have always been so cool you always made it a point to like come to uh, you know come to los angeles to sit down we always had this really fun time doing it and i always really appreciated that and you know if it's on a, a press junket it was easy enough to just like put you guys in a room off to the side but that's not really the case here and whatever so yeah we could rent a place so we could find some quiet like restaurant and you know set up in a corner booth and everything but uh coming down to the house is definitely the way to go and you guys have earned it in your uh in your sweetness towards me over the years and, oh. and this room and this room's <laughs> made for audio basically we've got a big curtain yeah. it's like, perfect for recording it's a wonderful it's a wonderful also it's a wonderful venue to talk about cinema what yes. was the first movie you showed in here ah that's a very good question Oh, I don't know about I would I would I that's a good question. Okay, I, that's actually too good a question. I, can't, <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can tell you the first the movie, movie I saw in here, which I think was The Hindenburg with George yeah, okay, C. Scott. The last thing that we uh, that was that the, the first last, that's not, that was the first oh, that's one. the first one the we first saw one together. I saw yeah, in here. Exactly. The first What's the last thing together? you guys watched here. What was the last thing we watched here? Uh it was something uh I see Starsky and Hutch uh, season one. Uh, yeah, okay, no, we didn't watch that. Even was it the I, Cliff I, Potts? Uh, did we watch a... No, that couldn't have been. No, it wasn't that. No, no, we watched it on the... the, the uh, did we watch it here? I feel like we... Did we watch a, a, an yeah, episode we, of his show or something? No. Oh, we... We watched... The okay, uh, uh, in the uh, one of the things about our show is we'll watch a, a show, uh, uh, we'll watch a movie and we'll get kind of hung up on one of the actors in it, all right. And so that becomes a thing on the show, and we'll make carry it through with other other episodes with other things on that person, but also we just for fun of it now, uh, we'll watch more movies directed by or starring one of these actors that we like. So, one of them is a movie, Cry for Me, Billy, mm. and we like the actor Cliff Potts. Okay, so I know exactly what you're talking about. 
we watched the episode of Michael Madsen's TV yes. show, <laughs> Vengeance <laughs> Unlimited, right. where Cliff Potts was the guest bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. This sounds like a, a thing right out of Once Upon a Time yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what. This no, is. I have the video cassettes of all of Michael Madsen because he sent them to me. All right, <laughs> so I have all the ABC, you know, uh, 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 master copy video cassettes of Vengeance Unlimited. <laughs> like, oh, Cliff Potts did an episode. Did of Cliff Potts have to keep showing up as someone who gets beat up by the hero? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, he had his he had his early time, all right. Because I I was able to track down finally. We're gonna watch it with Roger coming up. Is uh, Cliff Potts okay? Uh, star of Cry for Me, Billy, one of our we uh, one of our episodes. Fantastic uh, movie. Actually, uh, starred in a, a TV movie sequel to Nevada Smith. I did not know that. Yeah, they did a TV movie sequel, like directed by uh, Gordon Douglas, of all people. Really good director, a really great Western director, and his only TV movie, written by John Michael Hayes, a guy who wrote both Carpetbaggers and the and Nevada Smith, the same screenwriter. Okay. And they do a sequel to it where Lauren Green is playing the the Brian Kelly, uh, Brian Keith character, okay. Jonas Cord, and Cliff Potts plays uh, the Steve McQueen character. Oh wow! wow. And okay. it's when they and it's like they, they bump into each other about like four years later. Wow. wow, and That's it's awesome. how their um, the relationship develops, and uh, and so I haven't watched the thing from beginning to end uh, since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. All right, when I watched, it. and then I don't even think I watched it completely. I think I turned it off for a little while and then turned it back on. All right, uh, but one of the things that I remember about it that was so cool because it is a sequel to Nevada Smith. Right. So if you've seen Nevada Smith, like the, the most memorable action in it is the uh, Martin Landau Steve McQueen knife fight. Mm. That he has right at the beginning, and that's a really g- good sequence. And so, uh, so they have a uh, so they have a thing that's really kind of cool. So it's like the characters haven't seen each other in a long time, and then Nevada Smith meets sees Jonah Cord, Jonas Cord, and they they talk for a little bit. And Jonas goes, "Okay, yeah. So uh, you know, I taught you. We spent that year you know, teaching you how to draw your gun and everything. Uh, you're going to kill those three guys that killed your ma. So what happened? <laughs> how did that all turn out? All right, did you uh, track those guys down? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, you did, huh? How did it go? Well, I killed them all. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't kill the last guy, but that was his own thing. I'll tell you about that later. All right. Uh, 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 but uh, yeah, no, I, I took care of them all." Wow, and, awesome. he, and then he goes. Uh, uh, he goes. Yeah, I remember. You had me train with a gun until I couldn't hold a gun any longer. And then what happens? First guy comes at me with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn, at the end of our second interview we did with you, we talked for two and a half hours. It was one of the greatest conversations of our entire lives. We still talk about that. What half a million views on YouTube? It's, yeah. it's nuts. You said something real that stuck with all of us, which is. You know, next time we don't have to talk all about my movies the entire time. Like we can talk about other stuff. I'm sort of curious as to like if that's where the podcast came from. Because I'd imagine when people meet you, all they want to do is talk about your films. And so, how it's getting people to talk with you about things other than your projects mm-hmm. is probably kind of difficult. Well, uh, yeah. The, well, the thing about it is, well, look, if I'm doing an interview on a thing, usually promoting a movie sure, coming or, up, sure. then I think I know what or time book, it is. Or, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um. But, you know, look, frankly, the the situation is me and Roger just have had a fun time getting together and watching movies. And we had a fun time doing that like most of our lives. So we're getting together, you know, uh, getting together, watching flicks, 
and you know he's excited that it's the video archives collection. Like he spent the uh, years of his life with that, like uh, handling these cassettes handling every these single day. Cassettes. And you have that in your house yeah. now, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Is it the same layout? It's, well, it's it's close. It's very close. It's the wow. same I mean, shelves. I, I, look, it, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's the same shelves. Look, I wasn't trying to create this hermetically sealed version of the right, store that yeah. I used to work at. Nevertheless, you did that. But I kind of ended up doing that. Nevertheless, <laughs> the same uh, show. Wow. That's crazy. Well, it's fit, really fit like these, a, the, the yeah. tapes fit the shelves. Yeah. 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 They're still yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, I, and they're all I wrapped had the, the foresight same. to when I bought the collection to buy some of the yeah. shelves. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, it's, it's really bizarre going through these things, and I've handled them a million times, but. It's also shocking that as we're picking movies and watching them, mm-hmm. there's a number of them I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. These are movies that I, you know, and you know, same lipstick and, and like, say, was yeah, a good exactly, example yeah. of a film that that yeah. went through my hands dozens of times. Yeah, yeah. look, no, same with I me. I never and, had a chance to see it. And so the thing about it is, so basically, this is just an excuse for me and Roger to get together and 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 watch movies, and we got found somebody who will pay us for it. All right, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. However, though, but, but we're not coming from the idea of being these raw raw cheerleaders where it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. Oh, these movies mean so much to me. These are our favorite movies, sure. and these are the movies that made us the filmmakers yeah. that we are today. And yeah, let's yeah, talk yeah. about. It. I mean, we make it a point to stay away from our favorite movies. Every once in a while, one of them uh, s- uh, slips in. Yeah. All right, but but it's not our point to just go out here and just be cheerleaders. That's boring. I like all my favorite movies. I've talked about so much. I'm just sick of. Them. But dissect them and like criti- like critically. Yeah. You know, yeah. I want to actually. I want to watch movie. I want to watch movies that we can really analyze. And maybe we like this, and maybe we don't like that. But we're we're not here to we're not here to recommend. Yeah. Movies to right. you if you if. Uh, Re- movies will be recommended to you, mm. but that's not our job. Right. <laughs> and mm. we're not here to just like everything. We're here to analyze it and, th- and see where it falls. And we don't have to agree. And, and you know, Gala doesn't have to agree. And it's all, you know, it, it's, but uh, it's just the fun of, you know, um, of, of watching it. I try to, this is not the case in every episode, but I try to have at least one movie every episode I have not seen. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's what I want to ask about, um, is that when we started putting this show together, we had no clue what we were doing at all. And we didn't even think about the fact that it needed like a format to keep people engaged kind of thing. Have you guys thought at all about like the type of format? Has it changed at all as you guys have been doing it a little bit? I think, the fir- I, think the fir- I think the first episode is the one where we're kind of kind of still figuring it out. Sure. All right. But then after that, and every once in a while that breaks, it, it, you know, it breaks, but we know what we're jumping off from. After that, fairly shortly, we got into the whole idea of we have – Two movies that are two bigger movies. You know, if you've heard of one of them, you probably would have heard of one of these two. Mm-hmm. They don't all have to be studio films, but they're studio-ish. Yeah. But you know, you know, you know, they, you know, they're, you know, and they could be obscure, but they're still studio-ish. All yeah. right. Uh, um, and then the third one is a really obscure exploitation movie mm-hmm. or a really obscure foreign film. Okay, gotcha. Kind of like three movies you'd bring home for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. That's cool. That's cool. I'm gonna switch gears here because I'm gonna. Uh, I want to bring this up because actually, first... before you do, yes. I feel like you should. Somebody never really described the uh, the theater. Yeah. Like well, you walk in and there's like an ocean of crushed red velvet everywhere in all the seats <laughs> yeah. and the walls are in like blue navy and there are these like eight 
uh, kind of Pirate of the Caribbean kind of lanterns <laughs> dimly illuminating a room with Oriental rugs that are actually made, turned into carpet. It's also an Avengers blanket and in there, here. Yeah, I there, want to mention and that. There's... No, don't bring up the, 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 <laughs> the thing that is, like, just happens the to be here. Because Uma's kids were here nine years ago. <laughs> <laughs> these... Well, speaking there's a beautiful there's a beautiful statue of yeah. Uma behind yeah, you. Yeah, these crazy kind of, kind of all, like, by the same artist, these kind of semi-grotesque car- cartoon-like versions from your movies, yeah, various yeah, characters. Yeah. Uh, you're sitting on a bunch of crushed red velvet couches. Very There's like a big comfortable area in front of this gigantic, uh, uh, again, crushed red velvet screen. There's and a- my wonderful wall of of, uh, 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 of directors talking to their actors. Yeah. Well, All right, that was, this, I was wondering. And this was where I saw was. the cover okay. of your book for the first yes, time. Is exactly. that still hanging here? Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's yeah. like, yeah. So it has uh, Paul Mazursky talking to Natalie Wood during uh, Bob and Carol, Ted and Alice directing her. All right. It has uh, Sam Peckinpah directing Steve McQueen uh, on The Getaway. It has William Whitney uh, directing uh, The Lone Ranger in the very first Lone Ranger serial. <laughs> wow. And it has uh, Peter Bogdanovich on, lowered on his haunches so he can be eye to eye with little Tatum O'Neill uh, on uh, Paper Moon. And you guys are also drinking really gourmet coffee. It's, it smells like the gourmet, gourmet shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Quinn actually drinks really gourmet coffee. It smells incredible. And a Galaga machine. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Galaga. Well, well, rigueur, which, which, which the reason that's there is because my favorite grindhouse, uh, the Carson Twin Cinema, had one in its lobby. <laughs> and then, so you, but when you're Quentin Tarantino, you can go. I just want. I'll, I'll buy yeah, that I'd and like take that. it with exactly. me. So, but, but to me, there's a cinema connection to it, nevertheless. Yeah. Always. So Always. I'm going to switch gears because the first time I ever ever spoke with you was 2007. You were promoting Grindhouse, um, and you came on a radio show that I was working on at, at the time. And at that moment, uh, it was uh, you were writing. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Um, and I brought up in the interview that I said, True Romance, you know, obviously Tony Scott directed it, but the walk and hopper scene is my favorite monologue you had ever written. Um, and I was a young interviewer at the time. I probably shouldn't have worded it this way. I was like, do you think you'll ever write a better monologue than that in your career? Because I loved everything, obviously, Pulp Fiction, everything since then. Um, but you said to me in that moment, I'm writing a World War II piece right now, and I think I finally topped it. And, and it ended up being the opening of Bastards. And then I Did talk, you agree that I topped it? I still, I think they're both on the same level. <laughs> okay, I yeah. still prefer, I don't know. I mean, that the, the Bastards one is, is a 10 out of 10, uh-huh. but there's something about the way Hopper delivers that monologue to yeah, yeah. walk in. But I know, and I know but Tony. They're in the same category. 100%. They're in the same, Absolutely. they're in the yeah. same, yeah. Uh, they, they breathe the same rarefied air. Most people, <laughs> most people are on your side. with the, uh, And yeah. so when I interviewed you years later for ba- uh, for a Django, I asked you again. You said, I still feel that's my best monologue is the opening of Bastards. So now we're sitting here, 2022. Where do you feel you are on that now? Do you still think Bastards is your best monologue? And uh, okay, where are you yeah, Okay, the th- I, it kills me, actually, because... Uh, uh, Okay, I don't think it's better than the opening of Bastards, but I think it's again it exists okay. in the same sphere. Okay, uh, is uh, you guys read the uh, 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 the the paperback Once Upon a Time? The in- whole yes. every page, yeah. every okay. page. The French pimp monologue. Yeah. There you go. Now you're talking. Okay. It's like when I wrote that yeah. and it just came bursting out of me and I got through writing it and I was like, holy, what the fuck was that? Where did that come from? 
holy shit, for this novelization, I'm just, like the best monologue I've written in four years, and I'm just throwing it away. All right, if you this. could give that to someone, who, who would you give, you give it, it to? Yeah. Well, I would give it to Sam Jackson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, it's one of the, that's one of the uh, 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 chapters that I read, all right, what I yeah. do uh, what I do readings, that I always say, okay, look, I know it's written to be a French uh, a pimp. Like, he's supposed to sound like Sam Jackson, so right. I'm going to do it in the Sam Jackson <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think you read it. Did you read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. He read it at the yeah, actual yeah. thing when we yeah. did our thing, yeah. But uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, we want to timestamp this and just say congratulations on, on Fatherhood the sequel. Oh, right? thank you. Yes, exactly. Saying, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So, that's so huge. <laughs> um, I always thought it was interesting. You hear Spielberg talk about uh, once he had children, yeah. he looks back at the end of Close Encounters and goes, I can't fathom how I let Richard Dreyfus go off uh-huh. with the aliens. As a father, I would never allow that scene to happen in my movie these days uh-huh. or is there any scene that you have in your movies that now that your father you That's go parenthood fucked him there, up there's no <laughs> it's like he parenthood fucked him I, up I love yeah. that I love yeah. it. Yeah. I, I always kids. wondered why they cut to death that scene yeah no no I no in, like, I, I in Close Encounters yeah, yeah I just uh, yeah <laughs> That's no why. Like, I, I <laughs> I disagree. I mean, if that was the case, then that means Roy Neary wasn't as wasn't as obsessed as I thought he was. Sure, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. The point If of he could movie. have, uh, you know, uh, uh, if he could have a calming moment, well, I can't leave my kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. why did you chase them away, building the yeah, devil's yeah. tower in your fucking <laughs> in your fucking living room if you're worried so much about your fucking kids? And also, <laughs> and also, that's the whole point of the movie is that you're being given this message that is bigger than you, yeah. that's bigger than the world, it's bigger than everything, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, it's calling your yeah. soul to, yeah. to yeah. travel. And by the way, to nice it. try with that. Everything. You've just proven you're a lunatic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. To right? the local police, <laughs> to your neighbors, to the trash to your man, wife, to her lawyer. <laughs> Yeah. to every judge she ever puts you in front of. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Spielberg movie? It's closed. Uh, well, I think... Um, uh, it's Hook, isn't it? No, 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 it's not Hook. I actually uh, like uh, Hook, I'm sorry. Uh, look, well, I, I, think, I think Jaws is the greatest movie ever made. Maybe not the greatest film, wow. but it's the greatest movie ever. Yes, sure ever made right. and then there's other movies that that can get in its rarefied mm-hmm. air but sure. as far as a movie is because there's no making it better than jaws yep. there's no sure. better yep. than jaws yep. it is the best movie ever made yep. and it shows how badly timed most movies made before jaws yep. were yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. In what way? But what's your favorite? Well, 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 what I mean by that? <laughs> well, well, I said all now that. Now that you've intellectualized. No, I, Roger, I appreciate you're bringing things back for no, me. Because for me, it's 1941. I prefaced, <laughs> Wait, I, really? I, yeah, I prefaced it. Really? I prefaced it by not saying it's my favorite Spielberg movie. I just it's said the it's the best movie yes. ever made. Yes. Okay. But what I meant by that, to, uh, to one degree or another, yeah. is like Spielberg and a lot of his cohorts like grew up seeing those kind of movies sure. and the theater, the, you know, it's like journey to the center, Henry Levin's journey to the yep. center of the earth. He's going to run to yep. go and see, and, uh, 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 Richard Fletcher's fantastic voyage. Sure. He's going to run and go see, mm-hmm. and Gordon Douglas is them. He's going to yes. run mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and go see now, not all of those, especially in the case of the Gordon Douglas is them, but most of them weren't, directed that well they were assignments given to journeyman directors who did their best with them right all right and uh, that was how we were used to seeing comic book that kind of movie movie experience Uh, as opposed to a spielberg 
who like, no, this is exactly the kind of movie he likes. Mm. This is exactly the kind of movie he was put on earth to make. And he's going to make it within an inch of his life as as effective as it possibly can be. And, you know, uh, Michael Anderson isn't putting that kind of work in Logan's Run. Yeah. Mm. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. <laughs> If you don't mind, Roger, I'd love to hear your thoughts on 1941 and why that's... And your favorites. Well, it's long been, as you know, it's long been my favorite. And part of it is just because it is Spielberg. Um, Look, I think he's a master craftsman. He makes a bad movie and it's still kind of perfectly made. Like, I think, like, I've done a lot of bad things in my life. I never made The Terminal. (laughs) (laughs) I like The Terminal. And I don't, I don't, because I think it's such a, it's based on a true story and it's such a brilliant true story and it just turns into, I I just think it's demeaning Mm -hmm. actually to its story, Mm -hmm. to its uh, subject. 1941 is Spielberg loose. He's just doing it. He's had, he doesn't even know what he's doing. I'm not, I'm like, it's all over the map, and it's it's still master craftsmanship. Wasn't it right after Close Encounters? Yeah, yeah. it's right, uh, after, yeah. Right, yeah. After, right after Close Encounters. And I think the failure of that movie means we never really see that kind of freedom yeah. from him again. I mean, I, I, that's how I feel about yeah. it. And I just, uh, like, I, I love the Zemeckis scale script. I think it's just so much fun of a movie to watch. I can drop in at any moment and, you know, just immediately carry along with the movie. Hmm. I never had any of the, you know, when the movie came out, there was so much um, vitriol against it. Vitriol about the budget. Like, who cares about yeah. how much it costs? It didn't change the ticket price. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my, my favorite is probably like the, the one where, you know, he did give himself license to do what you're talking about. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think my favorite Spielberg movie, directed movie, uh, again, with. Jaws carved out on its own yeah, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. All right, uh, is um, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Good thing. All right, all right, all right. I'm not going to call Jake out. I think no, you just called me out. I'm not going to call Jake out. <laughs> Jake, 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 I'm with you actually on this one. I Temple Doom. At least I used to be. I used to be. Absolutely has the best opening. It's the best opening of all three. I over the boulder. Yes, it is the best. Yeah, look at the boulder's only simple one moment. The boulder's only one moment. The musical sequence. Yeah, yeah. 1941. So you don't need it. You have 1941. All right, puts it into a Why do you need Temple of Doom when you have that? musical sequence when you have 1941 which is better Temple and Doom more is perfect great. in every way thank you Roger <laughs> and and also why do you need no, no, Temple like of Doom that. if you have Raiders of the Lost Ark which is also perfect one because we wanted to see Indiana Jones get into another adventure <laughs> and, uh, but a lesser one. and like he was f- full of piss and gauge all right on the case of uh, 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 back to back Jaws and Close Encounters now he figures he can do no wrong and so he pushes the envelope he pushes creates P- PG-13 because yeah. he feels yeah. so fucking badass <laughs> yes. it created yeah. a new level in the MPAA something Brian De Palma's never been able to do as much as he's tried it's just more is more it just felt like okay. more is more let's just do more is more we give Sean shit for yeah. you telling him he was wrong about Kill Bill being two films now sure. I'm gonna hear about this for the rest of my life it's gonna be on my tomb Stone, Sean is going to etch. Yes. You were wrong about were Temple wrong. of Doom you and Tarantino said so. You, and, and then in parentheses, and but Roger re, agrees. Just read Pauline Kael's review for it, where she breaks down one classic <laughs> sequence Condole. after another, and almost all the sequences build towards a comedy aspect. There is a comedy aspect. As gruesome as the cinema is, yeah, okay. there is an ultimate comedy aspect that's just not quite there as much in... Uh, um, uh, the first one. In Raiders, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. You're still wrong about Kill Bill. Right. And Temple of Doom, <laughs> I'm going to say this again, has the best opening of all of them. Okay. I, it, it just does. It Hold does. But, I mean, I almost When equally, you say all of them, I you mean the Indiana the Jones movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. care about, I, I don't really count 
Crystal Skull. Yeah, I, 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 I don't dislike Crystal yeah. Skull. Uh, I like I, Crystal Skull more than the Sean Connery. Yeah, game. I do too. Oh. <laughs> I don't like the Sean Connery. Oh. I don't like the Sean Connery one at all. Now we're not on the same page. Okay. Crusade's my favorite one. Interesting. Really? That's such a boring I one. It is the last it's Crusade. Boring. Yeah, it really boring. is. And he's not yeah. an interesting character. <gasps> the joke is made immediately. It's like, stop if my mom will shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> you know, this is, it's like video archives right now. We're all yeah, we're yeah, dissecting exactly, and being yeah. critical. Yes, yes. <laughs> This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What are we doing off the Kill Bill thing? Because this is forever going to going to yeah, plague you, me. You I have to bring to up that. something that, that happened just recently. Stop. Now, Quentin knows that we've had this argument many times, yeah. that I like to say that there are two movies. Of course, it's he, of course, it's, it's his movie. But recently, the new Beverly showed mm-hmm. Kill Bill Volume 2 yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. alone. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that essentially be like taking a movie that you love and starting it at, at the mm-hmm. two-hour mark? You shot it as one. Well, That's no, big well, okay, 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 well, okay, uh, okay. Well, the thing about it is... I consider it one movie yes. because I shot it all as one movie and I wrote it all as one movie. Of course. But the reality is we did release it separately, Correct. theatrically, and it had to work on its own. And they had to work on their own. Right. Yes. All right. You know, where it's like if you saw one, then you still felt you had enough of a, you still got enough of an experience of a movie not to feel ripped off. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just because you didn't find out how the whole conclusion you got you got a you got you got a movie's worth of entertainment. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. And the same thing with volume and the same thing with volume two. And actually frankly I think there's an interesting idea that Someone could actually watch volume two and not see volume one. Sure. And they would have their own different experience, but like a legit experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because so, okay. scene. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So the thing is, yeah, uh, uh, you know, so while they do still exist as two separate movies as an entity, then yeah, I can program them. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Show them. All right. I want to get around to this, though, because um, last time we, we met at yeah. the New Beverly yeah. uh, yeah. and had this conversation, you were promoting a book. And now you have another book coming out at the end of the, at yes. the, end of the year. Right. 
which all of a sudden feels like a floodgate has opened in terms of you uh, mm-hmm. as an author. Are you yeah. has you been bitten by the by the writer's bug? How much do you enjoy have sitting you been down? Been bitten and... by the writer's bug. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From a, from a book perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The headline, the headline on this podcast: Tarantino bitten by bugs. Curious. I know what I After... mean, Roger forgot. No, I know. I'm just throwing me under the bus. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Couldn't help it. It's because you Tarantino like says yeah. just now been written by writer bug. <laughs> <laughs> this news hey, in. This is it. You know what? Yeah. I might pursue this I writing got, thing. Got, got, the media. <laughs> we got our headline. Thank you. I mean in novel form. Yes, I know what you meant. But these wise guys. I know, I'm sorry. My bad. Yes, I deserve that. Uh, so it's how we would be in archives. We would be snarky to each other. Good, yeah. good. So. I expect nothing less. Yeah. Well, in the, in this instance, I knew exactly that these were the were the two books I wanted to start. Okay, you know my my, my book writing your career was uh, uh, a fictional book, you know, and then a, naturally I wanted to be a novelization before all the reasons I explained before. Sure, and then um, you know, and then my. Uh, my film analysis book, which conceivably I've been writing for the last 10 years. I'm just finally now publishing it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. And now I know it's actually going to get published. I rewrote it to make it, make it better. You know, but, but a lot of the stuff in it already I had you know, written over the years or whatever. But now under a whole guise that once it, uh, you know, it, it found its own integrity. It, it found its own spine. It found its own story that I was trying to tell rather than just random In a big pieces. way. I mean, I yeah. think it's almost as much a biography in some ways. Or a peek into the brain. Of, yeah. You know, it's like a... Yeah, it's like... Well, that's the stuff everyone likes the most about it. I think it's the cheapest shit in it. All right, is the autobiographicals like, oh, they love hearing about Little Quentin. You know, uh, <laughs> you're born of Little Quentin. Enough of Little Quentin. Yeah. Well, it's just cheap. Okay, I know. Well, then I did this, and then my mom did that. Yeah. All, right. All right, but uh, but nevertheless, uh, but it's fair game because um, you know, as they they asked Pauline Kael, would you ever write your uh, autobiography? And she goes. No, of course I wouldn't, because I've been writing my autobiography in every Ooh. review I ever wrote. Sure. And the thing is, you do get to know her when you read the reviews. Yeah. This, the, this critic that you guys don't know, but I'm getting out there a little bit, is this critic from the 70s named Jim Sheldon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to write for this porno rag, and I really liked his stuff. And I know who this fucking dude is, all right, because yeah. his reviews. He let himself be known in his reviews. Yeah. And so same thing, I think, in my pieces. Well, I was just going to jump in. And, sorry for jumping in, well, Kevin. Cool. But right now, the trend with directors is telling their childhood story. Steve Spielberg is making The Fablemans, and Kenneth Branagh gave us Belfast, and Alfonso Cuaron gave us uh, Roma. I was going to ask if that's what Hollywood was for you, or if you were at all interested in story of little quentin but i guess we're getting that in book form yeah i think you're yeah i, I th- uh, no i'm not interested in doing my last movie the story of quentin all right that would, <laughs> that would, that would really i kind of okay, as, would like okay, to see that actually as ego maniacal as i give my own self credit for all right that might be a bridge too far <laughs> well for look, even i listen <laughs> john borman the final the final quentin tarantino movie Movie, the story. Quentin Tarantino story, <laughs> starring Jared Leto. <laughs> story of Morbius. Story of Morbius. But you know what, Quentin? Uh, John Borman's Hope and Glory With, is an is an amazing movie. John, yeah. it's I think it's maybe one of his best films. I'm not saying not that really... that's not the case. I think Loney is probably Fellini's first film, but I don't think that's going to be my last movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Quentin Tarantino story, starring George Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> 
when we spoke in in in, in uh, when we spoke in New York during one of the breaks, um, uh, you came, we came back from a break or whatever, and you were talking about we Top Gun Two came up in conversation, yeah. and you were telling us like about Joseph Kaczynski and kind of like what uh, put that movie being released. Now that we're on the other side of it, I'm curious if you saw it. Uh, yeah. What did you think of it? What did you think of the success of it? I mean, I, I'm just wondering where you're at on that. Well, I, well, okay. Normally, I don't talk about new movies uh, 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 that much because uh, then I'm only only forced to say good things. All right, oh, or else okay. I'm slamming some dude. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't want to do that. All right, uh, but in this case, uh, I fucking love Top Gun. I the Maverick movie. I thought it was fantastic. I saw it at the theaters. It was. As our mutual friend Brady Sinella says, it's like it. That and Spielberg's West Side Story oh, both oh. provided a true cinematic spectacle, mm-hmm. uh, right. the true cinema spectacle, the kind that I'd almost thought that I wasn't going to see anymore, yeah. <laughs> that didn't wasn't going to exist. The reason uh, movies yeah. were invented, and mm-hmm. it was like uh, it it was fantastic, but also there was just this. Lovely, lovely aspect of because I, uh, I love both Tony Scott cinema so much, and I love Tony so much that that's as close as we're ever going to get to seeing one more Tony Scott. Since he did a great job, he did a great job, and yeah. at the you know the the respect and the love of Tony was kind of in every frame, yeah, sure. was almost yeah. in every decision. It was consciously right there, but in this really cool way that was really respectful, and uh, I think it was in every decision Tom made on the film. Right. And uh, I mean, it was like, it's the closest we're ever going to get to seeing one more uh, uh, Tony Scott movie. And it was, it was a fucking terrific one. Didn't you express your concern to Tom about that? Weren't you like, how are you going to do that? Well, I was, I I wasn't so much concern. I figured if he's going to do it, he's going to, yeah, he he has a good handle on it. But I did ask him, I said like, yeah, but how do you do Top Gun without Tony Scott? And he goes, look, I know. He goes, I know. You're right. You're right. It's why I've said no. It's why I've said no all these years. All yeah. these years I've said no for that exact reason. We figured out a way. Wow. We figured out a way. The guy came up with a good story. We figured out a way. It was the Kilmer scene. Oh, it's fucking. Wasn't that that was, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's almost too cheap. All right, but because it works. but it works. Yeah, it absolutely works. Yeah, it absolutely works. It okay, shouldn't work. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like uh, you know, um, you know. Uh, you could be cynical because it is a bit like Chaplin dying on stage oh, for the last scene of Limelight, yeah. all right? <laughs> Paul and Kay would call Slimelight. <laughs> <laughs> but it fucking works. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're waiting for it, and then the fucking scene delivers. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. even just from a box office perspective, I mean, does it, the numbers have been great, uh, and, and it almost feels like uh, that the industry is turning the corner, is coming back. Is that how you guys are, are seeing it? Well, we'll see. I think I think it's a we'll see. Yeah. I think it's a yeah. I think it's a we'll see. I, I think we won't know for two years from now. Okay. Uh, like how theatrical cinema is gonna all kind of come out once it gets through the, all the different washing machines. I think yeah. the answer to that is that you just have to make movies for audiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, simple, it's as simple yeah. as that. Okay, but you know, okay, but nevertheless though. Okay, but look, but nevertheless. If everything still works and it's all raw, 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 but the film only plays for 40 days in a movie theater, right. then we've already lost. Right. Yeah. As far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. That is, that's, that's, we, we haven't put the genie back in the bottle yet. Okay. Mm. We're still playing it fucking safe. Well, yeah. the genie doesn't ever really go back into the bottle because mm-hmm. what was unique about movie theaters was mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. And the ability to have something that you can't really get at home. Right. You can get Atmos at home. You can mm-hmm. get uh, 
um, Dolby Digital at home. You can get, you know, a a movie projected at home in 4K, which you can, which is what they're projecting in some theaters. And so there's not really anything, uh, you know, well, okay, well, but, you special. Know, okay, People well, say, oh, the audience experience and all look, of that, we, and that's true. But film is really sp- okay. Before we go on, like. We don't need to go on the film film role. Okay. We've done that a zillion times. All right, you know. Uh, but in this instance, my point on this instance is the idea that even now, with it being a success for its theatrical engagement for like a forty day window or something, that's just treating film as a rarefied experience. Mm-hmm. And then like, okay, yeah. there's a, a there's a zillion steps on this. Uh, uh, there's a zillion there's a zillion steps on the staircase all right all going down of how you can see this movie and this is just the top step yeah. and uh and if you're want to breathe this rarefied air you get to go during this rarefied window to watch your film on a big screen before it takes all these um, uh, steps immediately right. immediately now when you went to the now when it took a film six months which was too soon as far as I was concerned then right. but when it took six months for it to come out on these other other mediums we were going to the movies we weren't just going to have a rarefied experience with this movie in the 40 days we had right 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 i'm with you 100 percent. i i will i will literally always nothing at home has ever come close to anything i've ever experienced in a movie theater ever Uh, yeah i mean obviously you have this this theater will give that to you but okay but by the way though hold it i will explain though we don't watch our movies together in this theater no where do you go? Oh, we watch in, in my living room. VHS. We watch it. Yeah, we watch on a it on couch a, really? yeah, with we a watch TV it on a, like, like we <laughs> on yeah, a VHS exactly. yeah. deck. Yeah. yeah, no, they have actual. They're playing VHS. I know. Oh, so, oh yeah, no, of course we are. Awesome. That's yeah. the yeah. point yeah. of the it's fucking cool. show. So, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> that yeah. is very cool. No, we watch the three. We 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 get together. We like like we get together every Friday. Uh, we get together on Friday to, to uh, watch the movies. Mm. And then we do the show on when we tape the show on Monday. Okay. Yeah. So we have the weekend to think about what we thought about the movies. But but it's not like oh hey you watch this one and I'll watch this one and we'll get together and talk about it on Monday. No. The point is that we get together and we watch all three movies. Love it. You know together in one big go. You know and talk about we're not like okay don't say anything I don't want to know what you're gonna think. You know no we talk during the movie like you would watching it on a couch. Right. Of course. But kind of watching it on the couch is kind of part of it. We're not. We're not a rarefied cinema thing, yeah, all right? Yeah. We're yeah. talking about the VHS experience. Yeah. You know, Quentin, it's, I, I'm just thinking about, it's not just the 45-day window. It's the ticket price, which is not set by NATO. It's not set by the theater owners. That's set by the studios. And tickets are just too expensive. When you and I were working in a video store, we could go to the movies every day of the week mm-hmm. and sometimes see a movie twice, even if we didn't like it. And we would go see three movies on a Friday oh, no, no, or something no, no. like if, that on a minimum wage budget. No, no, and no. we would still be able to eat. Yeah, no, no. If uh, I mean, and you, now the number one thing is like, oh, uh, uh, if somebody were asking, how could I be me now? If there was sure, me starting yeah. out now. All right. Well, the, and the thing is, well, there's no way I could afford to go see all the movies that I did in my 20s when I was making doing a minimum wage job for that entire decade. Sure. There was That's there was sad. just no way. All right. I would not be able to have seen the movies that I saw. I you know, and I never cared about how much they cost. I always knew I had enough money to go. And sometimes I went to the the day shows because they were cheaper. But I mean, 
Except for like, except for like when it got to be Thursday, all right, and your payday is Friday, yeah. all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, except for when it got to be those last two days of, uh, of the week before you got paid again, um, you know, the price of a ticket never stopped me, right, from seeing a movie at my brokest, right, right, right. at my brokest, yep. right, right. I mean, I think but I we could still go check out a movie for like you know three fifty yeah, yeah. back then on a matinee or you know four fifty five dollars you know on a on a main. Oh, well, when when when, when, uh, uh, when the Westwood theaters kicked it up to six dollars, we it was I, an outrage. <laughs> I wanted to be an urban terrorist. Remember, yeah. I was like, you were upset. I was you like, were I'm going to create upset. damage in the theater, and I'm going to send letters to the Times. All right, and the Herald Examiner. I'm going to call myself the Phantom. All right, and I'm going to have a name. I was like I'm taking my my playbook out of Scorpio. All right, from Dirty Harry. About how dare you raise the price on movie cinemas? I will create that much damage in your theater. I so now you want to go to the movies it's more it's akin so to like bad. going to theater or something like that you know back in the old days right, where yeah, yeah. suddenly it has Choose to be this seat now. it's got to yeah. be this big event when the fact of the matter is you know 80 percent of uh of the theater income is made two days a week that means like the you know 20 percent is made the rest of the time sure, sure and that's just people walking into a movie theater and so it 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 needs to be made easier for people to go see movies movies would then sit there wouldn't be this race to home video you know, and and this kind of very limited, you know, forty-five day maximum window you get. You know, we might have a, a more France-like experience where mm. movies last longer in a theater. Even in Canada, they do that, or where they'll just take a chance on a Filipino action film, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that plays alongside the Avengers or whatever. Gotcha. And uh, which Any, which happens in Toronto. Anything less than '90s blasphemy. It shouldn't even be more. It should be more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. should I, be more I, than that. Did you say nine? I think nine. five. No. I think still should be five. I see no reason why it shouldn't be five. Theaters are empty most of the time during the week. Hmm. Empty. Well, I think I've moved off of five, even though I was always five for most of my life. That it should be that. That's just the right round number. I well, think. Well, it should ten, be a single bill. It should be a single bill. Become our five. Yeah, Especially in the last six months. Yeah. So we um, appreciate these opportunities to catch back up because we like to reflect on a couple of major things that happened. Uh, and a big one that is affecting all of us is uh, Bruce Willis announcing his retirement. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, and I just wanted to get your guys' opinions on uh, the idea that he announced his retirement, uh, what you think his legacy is going to be. Mm -hmm. it, it always felt to me that Bruce was kind of misunderstood uh, mm -hmm. in the types of the, uh, the things that he was capable of doing. He almost mm -hmm. got pigeonholed into the action hero role mm -hmm. um, and did some of his greatest work uh, yeah. with uh -huh. with you two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, he's like uh 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 well, I I think Bruce is one of our great movie stars. Mm. And not only is he was is, is is he a great movie star. He was a terrific actor and also he was a very adventuresome you know, uh, movie guy, movie star. He he used his movie star to really interesting effect. Mm -hmm. He he kind of knew the kind of uh, 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 action movies that he could do that would really deliver well, and he and he and he did them really well. But then also he was also very quick to work with different respected directors because he wanted to work with those directors. So he used his movie starness to help those directors get those movies made, sure. and you know, and he attached himself to a ton of different auteurs mm -hmm. over the years and did some really challenging movies with them, and uh, um, you know. Everybody from uh, uh, Robert Zemeckis to uh, 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 Terry Gilliam to uh, working with Alan Rudolph a couple of different yeah, times, sure. you know, on challenging yeah. things just to do it. But then he would also uh, work with uh, younger directors, you know, that he saw. Ryan he saw Johnson. 
Yeah, he saw their he saw their earlier film. He liked it, liked or the you, script, or you. Or me. Yeah. Actually, when uh, I remember seeing him, I I remember seeing Bruce on an interview on MTV, and he, it was before Pulp Fiction, and he was kind of a, telling them what he was up to. And he was a big movie star at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah and and he was like, well, you know, I'm going to work with this uh, young kid, Quentin Tarantino, and he did this little movie, Reservoir Dogs, and he mm-hmm. he was almost like thinking maybe nobody had heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he was taking this chance. Mm-hmm, yeah, and which was. No, he did like like freaking you know, cool of him. Yeah, exactly. But and he he did that for like a long, long time. Like you know, he did that movie Hostage because he liked that guy's yeah. uh, uh, movie. Yeah. Good movie, actually. Yeah. Well, I, I hate the whole second half of it, but the first, the opening credits. All right, yeah. that's some of the coolest yeah. opening credits, yeah. all right, yeah. of yeah. the yeah. last twenty years. I, I but the uh, you know, but the and the first part's okay. All right, yeah. the end is terrible. <laughs> 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 but those opening credits are fucking yes. amazing. Hell yeah! <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, you want to go on to say about the chances that he's taking? That yeah, he, and, and so it's uh, yeah, so uh, you know, so I think that will uh, uh, so that will be part of his legacy is he's a uh, uh, one of uh, one of our great movie stars, and he used his movie star well. He mm-hmm. used his movie star. Uh, cachet well to work with a lot of different uh, uh, filmmakers and make some really, really interesting movies. And, you know, and by the way, though, uh, I think he's also kind of getting a bad rap for these movies that he's made oh, the last 20 years. Sure. I've made a point to watch a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he called me up. You called me yeah, up and told he's me. He's pretty like, fucking good in these movies. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are really, really fun. I actually think about it. It's like the people who are bad mouthing these movies, like, okay, well, you guys have obviously never seen exploitation movies before. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. as just as exploitation movies, some of these are pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, there's. I've yet to see like an assault on Precinct 13. Right? I've yet sure. to see right. a Halloween. I've yet to see one that completely transcends the genre. Sure. But like I said, I like crappy Filipino uh, uh, exploitation, exploitation, exploitation movies from the 70s. <laughs> so these are higher quality than those movies, yeah, and yeah. I, I, I like those. Uh, but some of them are are, are pretty fun. Yeah, right? yeah, Quinn called me up and he said, yeah, he started telling me he's watching all these early Bruce, and uh, these late Bruce movies, and I started thinking, well, he's probably going to start shit-talking them. He's like, no, I'm sick of like hearing people like bagging on them. I started watching them. They're not bad. And so he, so he gives I mean, me a list of them to watch, and I start watching them, and I'm like, week. these they're are actually made, really mean, good. These are like... I mean, no, knowing that they're made in like for in two weeks and sometimes less than that, sometimes 12 sure. days, yeah. all right, knowing that they're uh, made for that, they actually have decent storylines. They actually have decent scripts. They have, well, yeah, well, Vice has got a really good storyline. Yeah. That They want to be uh, Total Recall yeah. Westworld. Yeah. Okay, that has a really good story. They don't quite live up to it, but they, but it's there. Uh, uh, but it's also really kind of cool. It's it's strategic to you know, again from knowing how like Corman movies were made. It's really interesting because it's like okay, no, they they've got two weeks. They've got to do this thing. So all of Bruce Willis's stuff is like done within two or three days. Sure, uh, he, he's wearing an earpiece, so he can never really have dialogue back and forth. So there's always going to be a cut oh, after he right. says every line. Sure. But that doesn't. That, but some. But that works. He's. I. I like him in it. Yeah, I. Yeah, I yeah. like him in these. He's actually committing. He's actually very much committing to what he's doing. Yeah. And you need there, a compassionate this one director was, to make that work. Yeah, there was this one that's like a ripoff of Die Hard that was really kind of fun. Where at Bruce the Willis electric plant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. At, at the where dam. At the dam. And, yes, exactly. That <laughs> was fun. It's a reversal. Yes. It's a, yes. <laughs> that was fun, and I liked that guy yes. who was the lead. I thought he, he did a good job. Yeah, that guy did a good job. I wasn't supposed to be here today. Yeah, yeah. I think that was that's the start. 
Starship Trooper guy, all right? I yeah. think he was really good. Was it Casper Van? Casper? No, no, no. Oh. Uh, the other guy, uh, uh, the other dark-haired guy uh, who's in a lot of these straight-to-video things. Yeah. yeah. That, that one's not bad. You're right. That, that one, was fun. That one but Vice was, I, I didn't like care for Thomas Jane. He seemed like he was playing Jack Depp from the Transfers. Well, I like Jack Depp from Transfers. All right. Well, it would have been better if it was Jack Depp. But Bruce was terrific in that one. And But there's this one with the Michael Chiklis, all right, okay. uh, like uh, uh, these robbers have to. The guy got knocked out, and he's lost nine nine minutes, and he has to put together the nine minutes that he lost. And is that like okay? Well, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty dynamic plot compared to like a, a Roger Corman New World Horizon movie. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> right, right. These are yeah. I mean, for what they are. They're actually pretty classy productions. Yeah. They're programmers. And then all of a sudden, like, well, then all of a sudden, like, Robert De Niro shows up for a fucking scene, and you go, "What the fuck? What is he doing here?" <laughs> and then he Hopkins on? like shows up for one fucking scene, all right? Or John Malkovich for one fucking scene. Right? And then Steve Gutenberg is the doctor. Like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> and he doesn't even get special credit. He's like low down the bottom of the total bowl. Yeah. Okay, Lisa and Steve Gutenberg as the and doctor. That and credit, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Speaking of Bruce Willis, there's a scene that I've always wanted to talk to you about. It's it's the cab scene in Pulp Fiction, um, and I always wondered the choice to shoot it the way you did, with mm-hmm. the background, the yeah. way it was shot, and and just what you remember about Bruce in that scene, how he, sh- you know, what you remember about, like directing him in that moment, and just the choice of the way you shot it. It was a really, I always loved that moment mm-hmm. and that dialogue. Well, it was just a look. I, I like the look. I just especially then, I really really liked the idea of. Uh, uh, using um, unrealistic cinematic Mm -hmm. tropes, all right? And so the idea is if you're going, you know, like the way Jim McBride in uh, in his remake of Breathless Mm. used it. So if if you're going to have a process shot, then make it super fucking obvious it's a film process, okay? It's not about trying to blend it in and, and fool the audience. No, I'm using... Uh, a, a film process shot. This is a film process shot. You're this the same is with what split you're screens. saying. Like you like to see the. Yeah, I want to see the scene. The yeah. All right. yeah. I yeah. want to see, see the, the scene between yeah. them. So you uh, love seeing the. Uh, yeah. The artifice. And then like and so to make it even more that way, it's like they go okay. Well, if you're going to use this stuff and the way we're using it, it's going to come across as blue and white. All right, and I go well. If it's going to come across as blue and white, then let's just use black and white footage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you know, so I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm making it even more obvious. Not only is it a, a process shot, it's black and white film. All right, mm-hmm. but that makes it looks more like a little wannabe film noiry. Yeah, sure. You know, kind of sequence. Um, no, he loved doing that scene. Look, there was a lot longer. That was one of those scenes that. There was a lot longer version of it. All right, in mm-hmm. the script, and then the way we cut it together, it was a lot longer version however but there is a reality about that scene that is one of those there's a couple of scenes like that in Pulp Fiction where it's like the movie's been hurtling so much as far as like in, into perspectives you might not imagine so there's a couple of scenes in the in the in the movie that allows the audience to just kind of take a break yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. sure mm. get a get their breath kind of get their bearings where they are now and now for the next 20 minutes they're going to kind of they kind of now know where they are yeah. and now I'm going to jerk them around later but now yeah. they know where they are and they just they're, wow. they've settled down into this new version of a movie coming on they breathe a little yeah bit. exactly yeah. and like that's really and it's not really until the Bruce Willis story that I'm introducing the idea that no you're going to watch separate stories mm-hmm. you maybe didn't know that yeah mm-hmm. right beforehand right, right, right. Mm-hmm. but now you you're getting it yeah you're yeah. getting it now so um you know so 
you know, uh, you know, you know, a lot of people can say, well, that's where the movie kind of stops. Well, it's meant to kind of stop sure. there for you to get your breath, and now you're into the rest of it. Uh, but the thing about it is, there was more to it in the original script, sure. and that was Sally's favorite edited scene mm, and wow. the, it was the original long version of okay. it. Yeah. Okay. She goes, okay, of all the scenes we cut together, that was my favorite as far as the work I did wow. was the longer version. But it's just too fucking long. Yeah. It's just too long right in the middle yeah. of the movie. It's just sure. too fucking long. You know, so she goes, look, Quinn, just take a walk around the block. I, I've got an idea for a smaller version of it. Let me just work on it for a little bit. Ellie's a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah go, go get a cup of coffee, come back, sure. and then just yeah. see my version. And I'm like, okay, that's it. That's fine. Oh, yeah, Fred's done a really good job taking over. Oh, too. he's done a magnificent I, well, job. Sally was a, was a legend. Yeah. Uh, while we're on Pulp Fiction, I'll never forget the moment in my 58th rewatch of the film where <laughs> I turned into the DiCaprio meme, like pointing at the camera. <laughs> and it's the first moment where I realized that within the first 60 seconds of Pulp Fiction, uh -huh. and you're captivated by Pumpkin and Honey Bunny, uh -huh. you can see John Travolta walk to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And it took me for yeah. I was probably uh -huh. in my 30s before I ever actually. I'm ashamed holy to say shit. that. I, I go, holy shit! And, and you realize that that's when he's going to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Bob, Bobby yeah. and Drista Kill. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk to me about that moment where like you you have one of the biggest stars on planet out of focus, just walking by, and like mm -hmm. how long you realize it took people to start realizing that you can you can see John Travolta walk yeah. by in that opening scene? Well, it's well, well, it's just one of those things where like I'm just egotistical enough to think that somebody's going to watch my movie twice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I figure if you're going to uh, if I'm coming from such an egotistical place that you're going to watch it maybe a, a few times. Yeah. All right, maybe can, every five years you'll watch it. Right? So it's okay yeah. that, it, that it took me no, 15, it's, 20 years. No, that's all the better. That. That's okay. all the better. Mm -hmm. yeah. no, that, 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 that's better for it to be a delayed, uh, delayed bomb reaction. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, so another thing that's happened recently uh, is the passing of uh, James Conn, Jimmy Conn. And what drove me nuts about uh, the coverage of that is that everyone showed The Godfather uh -huh. and Elf. Uh -huh. uh. And I have to ask you guys, <laughs> if you were able to to memorialize uh, mm -hmm. Jimmy Conn, what would you choose uh, to highlight I would, his career? It would absolutely be the cafe sequence in uh, Thief. I, 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 was like, I am oh. Joe, you just boss stole my of seat. my own body. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you just stole my seat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Thief. I'm like, yeah, yeah. There was a, there was it's a, Thief. Yeah. Yeah. That guy was a fucking asshole. Yeah. No, there was a lot of love at the beginning. Asshole! Waitress, come here, take this. This is a cream. Why, what's wrong with this? Fucking cut his cheese. <laughs> is it disappointing when you see an icon like that get get like broken down to like just two films of yeah, yeah, his yeah. entire career? No, I'm no, not. because we're not breaking him down that way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, gotcha. I mean, like, that's somebody else who's no, no, not I'm reaching. No, but I would. No, far, but I would okay, no, but I would. Uh, no, uh, if I was unlucky enough. They're going to gonna mention Pulp Fiction when you're dead. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. They're not mentioning Elf, all right? They're, like, you know, they're, they're not like, Pulp Fiction, and the man who was also in Destiny turns on the radio. <laughs> Succumb to complications. <laughs> I kind of hope that that's all it is. That's kind of a cool way to go out. No, it's like, they're going to say Pulp Fiction. It's, it's a battle to the death to see what, if they mention one more. Yeah, what will be the yeah, other yeah. one they mentioned? The Quentin Tarantino right. story. Yeah, the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they won't mention that one. Um, <laughs> little Q. That's the name of that little movie. Q. <laughs> or, or maybe case. just Lil Q. That's my comic strip that I'm la <laughs> launching when I'm done with the podcast and done with the books. My comic strips that I'm... 
I want to talk about Austin Butler for a second, uh-huh. um, who I thought was the, his performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, is yeah, it's terrific. Yeah. It's incredible. And obviously with, Elv- with Elvis now mm-hmm. and what Baz Luhrmann did, I wasn't sure if you guys had a chance to see it, but there's too. a moment in the movie where Elvis learns mm-hmm. about Sharon Tate's death. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And I remember when I interviewed him for Elvis, I was like, was that weird for you mm-hmm. um like just be I mean, you're playing a character <laughs> it's, like meta. Like, it's yeah. a kind of a weirdly meta thing so i, I, I since you haven't seen it, i'm just curious mm-hmm. what your thoughts would be on that if you were like would, would want to watch the film and see that scene would that well you ruined it for yeah, me because no, i didn't no, know no. that scene was in there <laughs> i'm sorry I, i'm sorry spoiler <laughs> alert <laughs> so point, now, would you be surprised if when you learned <laughs> yeah. if you were yes that Bruce when i was watching the movie i would have been very surprised <laughs> at that scene <laughs> i am so sorry was he was he auditioning for Elvis when he was doing? Hollywood? No, 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 no. He was, uh, no, he was on uh, uh, the, when he auditioned for me. No, that was way after the fact. Uh, when he auditioned for me, he was uh, doing Iceman Cometh on Broadway with oh, Denzel wow. Washington. Yeah. Oh, and that's oh. how he. Yeah. yeah. Um, Quinn, if you can't tell uh, over these years now, we think you are the greatest interview of all time. Like you can't tell, we love this. <laughs> Uh, which is all the more impressive whenever I see how you handle an interview go poorly. Uh-huh. Uh, and there aren't that many, but my mm-hmm. mind goes to the BBC one. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah. there was a woman you did an interview oh, with. Oh, that long time ago. That yeah. Northern California. Yeah. Uh, I actually I'm kind fucking, of have a soft spot in my heart yeah. for her now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure. Was she the one in that beret? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, that, was, that crazy well, that was her thing. She gave hats. All right, to movie. This movie gets three hats. This movie gets one hat. This movie gets a tiny chapeau. You had a beret, a raspberry beret, I think. Was. I'm curious <laughs> to like how long it takes you because you do interviews all the time. How long it takes you to realize, oh, they're coming after me for like they have an agenda, and then knowing that there is a camera in your face, mm-hmm. how you keep your shit together and handle it so that like it doesn't turn into a bigger thing than it needs than it deserves to yeah. be. Well, I haven't been always successful at that, as you pointed out <laughs> in those two cases. All right, but I actually uh, feel like you. To be honest, you I feel like you well. handled the BBC one very well. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, um. Uh, you normally it's just it normally you know normally it's better to you know uh, um, use some verbal form of martial arts. All mm-hmm. right, where it's like okay, you know, if you see their agenda, that means you see the blows mm-hmm. in slow motion that mm-hmm. they're throwing at you, and better to parry. Yes, <laughs> better to parry and block yeah. without actually ever landing a blow. A, uh, and you're going to be an aggressive, at it than they are. An, an aggressive blow yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. You know, w- w- when their agenda, where where they're where they're uh, uh, where they're heading becomes so apparent, yeah. you know that is well. It's easy to kind of shut them down yeah. without actually even calling attention to it. That's the yeah. better way to do it. You just bend like a reed in the wind. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, so we were talking about formats of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we do uh, on the show that we've had some fun with is a game. Mm-hmm. Can we play a game with you guys? Yeah, sure. All right. I love games. This, this is, is a really I crazy would like to game. play a game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is called the IMDb game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And at the so top of the IMDb page for each person uh, are four posters yeah, yeah. that are supposed to be most representative uh, of their work. Mm-hmm. And we uh, play where we try to guess what the four are. Okay. And it is wild how mm-hmm. ridiculous the, the things are that are posted up there. Yeah, yeah. And I, no, I know. I've thought, I've thought about that oftentimes. Have yeah. you really? Yeah, you, yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so let's start with you. Do you know your four? Do I know my four? Um... And I want you to play too, Roger. What, what Wait, do you think his? Can you explain are? it again? Please, yes. Okay. No, no, you know, at, at, the, at the top at the of top the IMDb, IMDb page, I only go to OMDB, <laughs> which is what? What is that? <laughs> the Open Movie Database. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> at the top of everyone's IMDb page, there are four posters that are supposed to be uh, a representative of their work. Oh, yeah. But they randomly. I mean, it's weird. Like, like sure. it'll be like Brad Pitt. It would be like some random little movie he made like in 1980 where he was like a walk-on role and it would right. just that would be like the one of his four yeah, most no, it makes no <laughs> sense <laughs> <laughs> are you sure because normally the, the it's normally it's not that random it's right? it can be, out, I mean like, no it may it can be it can be a weird one but it's just it's also it's, strangely weirdly popular for whatever it's reason as, yeah. it's as random as algorithms are like John, <laughs> like John Totoro I remember one uh, had like Trans one of the Transformers sequels. Yeah, well, that would make sense. <laughs> you think so? Well, well, box one, office. One, one is the one algorithm is looking at the box office and in the, in the last that twenty it. years, and it's the, that, uh, and and also it's like people have seen it. All right. So well, what, no, not, no, no. I would expect. Box of Moonlight, ex- which no, I love. I would, I would more, expect. I would expect. Yes. One of the biggest money makers he ever appeared in that's okay. recent would be one of the four. Okay. Sure. Okay. Interesting. Then I want to get back to what do what do you think your four and what do you think his four are. Uh, well, I'm I'm assuming. Um, Is there a random? You want me to there? start? No, no, well, no, no. Because you're I'll, easy. I'll, I'll, I think I'll, I can I'll, guess yours. Well, okay. It, it's it, my. Do you fe- know what they are? Yeah, 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 yeah. Looking at them right now. Okay, my feeling. Right now. My feeling is probably okay. The four would would more than likely be, but the uh, I'm probably wrong about one of them. Okay, would be a. Uh, 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 Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I'm figuring one of them is gone, and Reservoir Dogs is there. Okay, interesting. Do you have another four? Do you have a different four? for Quentin? Yeah. Well, it's Pulp Fiction, okay. Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Reservoir Dogs, okay. just because I would put it on there. Um. Yeah, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because. All right, Roger wins. Roger uh, wins because with three. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's Pulp and Reservoir Dogs. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the fourth one is The Hateful Eight. Oh! Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, we want to do one more. We want to do one more. Dude, okay, well, but that's okay. interesting, though, because like Django was still my biggest hit, so you right. would yeah. think that Django would be, would be up there just on on, yeah. on the numbers alone. Based that's on like, the Deterro thing we were talking about. I'm going to pull up Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, now this is interesting. Because like, you imagine they have bodyguard and shit like that. One scene, true romance. Yeah, the man. Yeah, with him and Eugene Levy. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Is this a good one? This is a good one. Okay. This is probably one where there's gonna be like a random one that. Yeah. Okay. So I will say. uh, 
I will say Pulp Fiction. Okay. I will say Unbreakable. Okay. Yeah. Good, guess. Good, good guess. I will say Jurassic Park. Mm. Oh, good guess. Mm. I will... But which of the? I guess the Avengers. Okay. All right. Which I one? Saying, though you have to, oh, well, the, the I think the first one. The I think first the first one. one. Okay. Those are your four. Yeah. All right. You got one correct. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> wow. Would you like to try? Wow. <laughs> this it's is a, why we play the game because like it game. makes yeah, no yeah. sense why those. Why would Pulp Fiction not well, be on there or something like that? Well, you know? I'm going to think that that one that is on there is Pulp Fiction. It correct. has to be. Yeah. Well, correct. That is the one that's that on has there. to be. Yes. That's the one that's on. And I'm going to go with Hitman Bodyguard because one or two. One because I didn't see two. Oh well, that's, it, was not, it that's not there. That's not there. No, neither of them. Neither are there. of them. Well, okay, well yeah, let, yeah, let him do let his me four. Let me finish. Sorry, I'm sorry. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, I've got two I more. Just like a temple of doom thing. I had a confidence. It was like these four. And you were like, so I thought I was doing good. And I was going to say Jurassic Park, but it's not Jurassic Park. Or maybe it is. Hold on a second. No, he only said one. He said only one. He's only got. He said JP. I got one, and that's Paul. It's hard. He has a lot of credits. <laughs> like they, they might randomly have true romance. If I had to do that. it all over again, I would probably change the Avengers to uh, 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 Captain America, <laughs> yeah. Winter Soldier, okay. Winter Soldier, Winter yeah. Soldier. Like I was trying to remember which one yeah, that he was. Yeah. This is so probably what it is. I'll just tell you yeah. what it is. Is it Winter Soldier? Uh, no, it's Pulp Fiction. Yeah, The Hateful Eight. Oh. Captain Marvel. So hatefully, Captain was on there Marvel. With yeah, well, that, yeah, that's actually wow. his best. The, that's probably his best performance playing uh, yeah. uh, as a surgeon for because he has so much to do. He's yeah. the co-lead in and, the MCU. Yeah, uh, of yeah, of of yeah. his appearances yeah. as uh, that's Sergeant true, yeah. Fury. I think that's his sure. best performance because sure, they true. they give him more to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and his fourth credit uh, that Sam Jackson is best known for is Snakes on a Plane. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's wait. Do... If it was a snake, it would have bit me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this there be... was a time that Amos and Andrew was on there. I'm sure, <laughs> but that time has passed. So you have no control over it. You have any idea whether you control what goes on there? Because we've always wondered if, like, publicists. No, no, you can't say. Oh, you got to put. No, no, no. Oh, one that would be. Actually, you that's can. Like, that's too short actually, of life. I, I, I don't worry about sh- what your four films on IMDb. <laughs> you actually can. You actually can. You can. When you pay, when you pay for IMDb Pro, okay, you can put up your own photo and uh, and list oh. your credit, your preferred credits order. I think. Okay. I'm not. A, but what's the fun of that? I yeah. actually like them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I no, like the fact that Hateful Eight is narcissism. Yeah. Narcissism is the, the fun right. of it. Can we do one more? Yeah, can we do John Travolta? Last one. Oh yeah, John Travolta. I will say Michael. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, that's going to be one of <laughs> you're them. Both okay, I, I, you're I, both playing. I'm not going to reveal anything. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I will say Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I will say Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. I will say Michael. Mm-hmm. And I will say Phenomena. I remember that Michael okay. phenomenon time period. Yeah. Wasn't that like just crazy? Like yeah. I'll throw a broken arrow into that. Why not? <laughs> just because Woo. it's the same. Yeah, yeah and because yeah, of John. Is all po- okay, yeah. Which this one is would like, you take well, off to put broken arrow? Hmm. Well, I'm not going to take off Pulp Fiction. Um, obviously. Is this list? Is this <laughs> oh, wait, list we haven't even said the early oh, ones. We like... haven't even said like Saturday Night Fever or Grease. Oh Greece. my God! Yeah. That's okay. 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 So Greece... Do you want to change? Well, wait. Do you want to change? Yeah. yeah. You, you should okay. probably change. Okay. Because okay. I've got to put Grease on. This. Okay. Yeah. On yet? So it's still officially your turn. Okay. I, am I allowed to pick ones that he's picked? Oh, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. so yeah. the, the way we played is we all do it and we all give our four yeah. and, and then you get a point if you are the one who gets the most. Okay. So I will. Okay. So I will. So what did I have? You had Michael and Phenomenon. I'll put grease on, but I'm keeping phenomena. Okay, but no okay. Saturday night. Fever. Good call. So no, you... I think I'm gonna go. I okay. think I'm gonna keep them. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go with Saturday night fever because, like, you know, 
I remember when he was making that movie and they would show him like walking down the streets in New York and don't forget devil's reign. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's going to be on our podcast. That has to be on our podcast. Do you have the VHS of that? Yes, of course we do. Oh, hell yes. (laughs) Devil's Reign was my inspiration for even being involved with Silent Hill. So that was like, I just wanted to make Devil's Reign. Okay, picture four, goddammit. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Pulp Fiction, Grease. Okay. Saturday Night Fever. Okay. Broken Arrow. Yeah, I'm going to say Broken Arrow just because- Stay with it, Roger. Stay with with it. You both tied with three. Uh, Wow. It is Pulp Fiction, Get Shorty. Grease and Saturday Night Fever. Get Shorty was that was the, uh, that's that a was good the, four. That is yeah. a pretty that's a pretty four. great. That's, four. that's a pretty yeah. great four. Yeah. A good I representation. Have a, I have a question. Yes. So yes. if you were to go to Uma Thurman's IMDb, yeah, they could either have Volume One or Volume Two. And they would. I bet you. They no, they would. They would. Yeah. But I but wonder which, which one. It's which? probably both. I think they'll have both. Yeah. All right, you guys vamp while I look up Uma Thurman because okay. I closed the window. Right, well, and we're running out of time. I, think I know, they're ra- I think yes. they're wrapping us up. Yeah, like, yes. you know, um, but, um, but throwing you bums out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess while he's looking that up, I do want to mention it's 25th anniversary of Jackie Brown. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. Um, one of my favorite scenes and shots you've ever done is the one from uh, when when oh, uh, but, when but, Sam uh, Jackson goes around and kills yeah, Beaumont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh-huh. And I always loved just staying on that shot, starting on the yeah. ground, going around, and then like the open the trunk, the, the music, the sound yeah. design. I just love that scene. What that movie means to you now, yeah. all these years later, and what that scene meant to you. Oh well, that that uh, well that movie has always meant a lot to me, and and um, and the fact that it's like it's the movie that I've it's the movie that I've done that like. That it had its, you know, it had its fans when it came out, mm-hmm. all right. But it also, it was like you know, uh, as opposed to Pulp Fiction, wasn't trying to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. And there were some people that like they wanted to have their minds blown with the next movie. And so the fact that, uh, but it's like it's this one that I always figured people would find it as they went back to it, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. then it would become like a comfortable friend, mm-hmm. you know. Which, which mm-hmm. I think most hangout movies, you know, uh, are it's my, like. It's my favorite film of yours. Yeah, I know. It's, it's also really, your only one eight five film. Yes, yeah. my only one. Yeah, it is my only one eight five film. And um, but that, but that shot, I like. Obviously, I really dug that shot because that was uh, up until that point. Um, I mean, look. My biggest problem when I look at Pulp Fiction is I don't care for the direction of it that much. Uh, I think wow. it's it's more like I'm capturing. I, I, like I wrote a really cool script and I have like cool production design and I have cool things in the frame and I have cool actors, but I'm just kind of capturing it. Now I have the balls to capture it and hold on things longer than other people would because they wouldn't have the they wouldn't have the uh, confidence in my material yeah. that I have in my material. Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right. Uh, uh, but starting with uh, Jackie Brown is where I started becoming more of a filmmaker. So, and that's like really the first of my worked out cinematic shots, my, where my it's not just like a steady cam guy following some guy yeah, around. Right. Or like, no, no, this is a this is a sculpted cinematic shot that was in my brain, and we figured out how to do it, and we did it. And then then the rest of my movies are filled with them. But that's yeah. really like the first one. Wow. That's not just a steady cam guy following some guy for a long period of time. I remember well, seeing that in ninety or it was ninety seven, I think it was, and with my dad. It was a Christmas time. I think it came out. I remember there was, it was a Christmas uh, time film. I think yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. Christmas. And I remember seeing that that shot and going, "Holy shit, that was really cool." I just the way the music would shut off and then come back yeah, with the yeah. door no, opening. I was really happy. It with was. That. So yeah, really I just think cool. there's a this amazing balance in the movie between the stylistic flourishes yeah. and just Ugh, the yeah. the. the I don't want to call it sentimentalism, but, but but that's not a bad word to me. Mm-hmm. The nostalgia 
and the love of your characters. Well, I mean, it's funny. There's like, a great well, balance well, just between the two. It's not, they're not overwhelmed by the cinema. Well, later so. in Jackie Brown, well, later in Jackie Brown, there's that whole set piece where, like, you see the uh, the, the money exchange three yeah. different times, yeah, sure. you know, from three different perspectives. Now, that's not in the book. I mean, the the money exchange has happened, but it's not done that way. Right. But uh, now, I don't think that sequence is like some tour de force sequence. I think it pull. I think I pull it off, but I don't think it's like some wizardly sequence yeah. uh, uh, I think it's functional but when I read the uh, but when I read the book and I thought about doing it as a movie it just immediately I immediately thought of doing it that way I immediately mm. thought of no no let's just see the whole thing from Melanie's perspective and then let's see the whole thing from Max's perspective and let's see the whole thing from Pam's perspective mm. and then have them overlap yeah. all right you know when you when you see the version again and it was just this it uh, just popped into my head reading the book that that would be how to do it cinematically. That's oh. amazing. Really quick while we're on Elmore Leonard, uh, I'm, I live in Chicago and we were all very excited for a hot second because there was this yeah, rumor yeah. that you were coming to town to do justified. Yeah. I'm just sort of curious how far you got in that and what happened there. Oh, and I, uh, I was going to do the third episode and I, I talked with them about it and I was really interested in doing it. Then I had, you know, uh, uh, um, I had a minor operation, but then the but it was one of those things where I had a big. Uh, it was a, a painful recovery, even mm -hmm. though it was a minor operation. Gotcha. So I had to back out. Oh, that's a gotcha. bummer. Yeah. It would have been great to see you and Oliphant. And oh, I would have loved to together. work with Tim again, and and also I love that character Raylan. Yes. Uh, you know, and so yeah. I would it would have been fun to uh, direct that. Also, that's one of my favorite Elmer Leonard books, City Primeval. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. you know. So and and we had talked uh, on the set of um, Once Upon a Time about what a good idea that that would be about doing that as a uh, doing that as an adaptation and just replacing Raymond Cruz with with Raylan Gibbons yes. you know mm -hmm. and so the fact that the, they're actually doing it I was very excited yeah. would you also. argue if I told you that's your best movie once upon a time in Hollywood no I it's I think it's my favorite yeah I, I also think it's the best film you've ever made yeah I, I think you know uh uh yeah like I it's like Cinematically, I'm always going to choose the Kill Bill movies mm. as my favorite for the simple fact that like nobody else could have made Kill Bill other than me with yeah. the with you know just the throwing everything into it and all that and the, the and then me throwing my my hat in the action game and all the different genres I'm dealing with the, the whole thing that's well that that was just completely out of my id mm. and put it on there but I think you know I I, I do think that uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my best film. Yeah, I, 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 became... using that whole film movie thing that we were doing yes. about yeah. Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Jaws. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you want to play Uma really fast? Do you yeah. want to guess Uma's four? Do you want to guess them? Okay, you, yeah. I just would. Tell you? I would say. I would say both Kill Bill movies are listed. I might be wrong about that. Yeah. I would say Pulp Fiction is listed. So that only leaves one more. Correct. Um, mm. I'm gonna pick Dangerous Liaison. Okay. Uh, mm. Both Kill Bills are there. Mm -hmm. Pulp Fiction is there. Batman and Robin. <laughs> Which personifies the game perfectly. That's true. Uh, yes, that, uh, yes, that does personify the game perfectly. <laughs> the temple in Temple of Doom. Uh, like, uh, uh, the truth about cats and dogs. All right. Yeah. Right, exactly. All right. Well, we are out of time. We're the hardest. We want to thank you guys so much <laughs> for so, joining yeah, the show. This is just uh, unbelievable. Yeah, we love being able to get together and um and continue to success with everything. And good luck with the podcast. Thank you. We can't wait to keep listening and hopefully we'll get. But you guys... actually, a question: Did you guys actually listen yes, to it? Yes, we got. Yes. Well, you guys didn't talk about 
that. We're going to like leave before you actually talk no, about we, the show? We wanted to talk about the show. We just didn't know how much you guys wanted to dive into it but, without giving it, going, a podcast. We think talking a lot about, about what you told us at the end of their second interview. We're like, like, did we talk too much about his stuff? Like, we were, like, we really <laughs> like, worried yeah. that like we annoy you well, by talking. Okay, okay. Well, what? Tell me what you thought about the, what, what, did you listen to all three episodes that we first, sent? Or first which episode. one? Which first one you listened? We got a chance. To oh, the very first, to. oh, the, the Dark Star and yeah. Uh, yeah. Cocaine Cowboy. Oh, so what'd you guys think? I, what I think is exactly what is personified right here. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's literally like, say, like it's giving people the opportunity to sit in a room with you two mm-hmm. and just listen to the chemistry mm-hmm. between uh, the way you guys go back and forth. And but, obviously yeah, but, the amount of information that you both know uh, mm-hmm. about these films. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it, it makes me want to immediately go out and find the movies. Right, um, I want to watch the films with now. Right. Well, well, had, you, had you seen Dark Star before? No, no I've never no. seen That's it. That's kind oh, of wow. a seminal one for you guys yes. not to have oh, seen yeah. it. I've never seen that. So now, mm-hmm. so so my interpretation of that film is literally the, the episode. Yeah. So I now I need to actually go and watch yeah. it. Well, if yeah. only I could be you and see it again for the first time. Yeah. Well, well, you, you mentioned, like, the idea of, like, you hope that people watch your film maybe twice. And yeah. so I'm curious as to, like how like a podcast plays different and, and you have to expect that a lot of people at home are probably not going to have seen these films and are you no, sort no, of we're, hope- we're, we know that sure. we know are that. you hoping that there is the like listen to the podcast before you see it no 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 see no, no, it no. and then listen again then you'll never could- listen to the podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm gonna wait for you guys to track down cocaine cowboys just completely on your own <laughs> just <laughs> so you can follow along with the home game yeah. you'll never listen to the show but there should right. be an element that where, where you let the people know how to get it how to get out access to it well actually well, my no, daughter we, no, kind no, of do uh oh, you do. Okay. Well, yeah she, gala okay. comes in because gala doesn't have access to it right, you know right. so gala gala comes in and explains okay now here's how you can try to right. find these films this you can find I it on this and this i got mine yeah it's on youtube if you at least for right now it is yeah yeah uh-huh. i think back to being a chicago guy how much i love listening to ebert and siskel yeah yeah when they disagree D- disagreed yeah those are the like there there are a handful of thousand episodes where they get along and like oh I agree three stars versus three yeah, and a yeah, half yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. but when Siskel loved something and Ebert hated it or when Ebert hated mm-hmm. it that's Moonraker that's, that's our Moonraker episode <laughs> <laughs> really? which episode number is that that's number two that's our second right, episode I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah that's my next one so I I'm just sort of curious Moonraker. as to like you love how far a friendship it, takes you until you disagree with a movie because because Kevin and I have had so people come up to us and go are you okay after you guys fought over the oh. new Lion King and I'm sort of curious like. When you hit that moment where you go, oh no, you're totally wrong. I think there's, I, I think there's a time in my and Roger's life where that might have been more of the case. I mean, now it's like now it's just. Now it's just amusing when we disagree. Yeah, it's right. fun. It's, it's like, actually it's, fun it's, when it's, we it's disagree. More, it's more, you know, you know, Gala is more irritating. All right, you know? <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> in a good way. That's more like what? What are you talking about? All right. <laughs> of course, that's not the case. All right. But uh, 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 Roger's such a pushover now. All right. That it's like it's it's all more just like amusing, amusing and whimsical. You know, once you, all right? once when we dis- when we're not on the same page. After making movies and after going through struggles of making films with you know too few resources and uh, um, you know, for me, mostly non-studio films, I have a greater appreciation for the process. And even when a movie is not a hundred percent successful, somebody bled into that. Mm-hmm. And I really respect that. Even when I don't really fully like the movie or I'm, you know, I can generally find something in it where I can understand why they right. made it or, and so I, there's a lot of appreciation for me. And so even if I don't like, if I'm not bowled over by something, generally I respect it. Sure. I respect it. And having said that, I used to be really, really snarky. Like back in the uh, archives No, in days, the video archives, no, he was like, he was a very tough customer. I was this super tough this, on everything. This is not, that guy's 
gone. You don't. You've never met that guy. That guy. That was a piece of shit. Why you bother saying that piece of shit? It emerges every now and then, but I try to. I try to show more compassion as as an older person. No, the only people he talks that way about are genuine auteurs now of the last twenty years. Yeah, and I have no problem mentioning them. Like I have no problem saying I think Fincher's Mank is horseshit. Oh, it's terrible. I think it's. I think it's an insult. Actually, I love Mank. Not, what I loved that not, movie. Not, I don't at all. I don't love Citizen Kane, but I loved Mank. I know it no, sounds weird. I know it's maybe people blasphemous, but I just spoiling no, 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 my whole experience no, 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 with I, I, you. I, I, <laughs> I just want the record to state: I've said nothing. I have said nothing. I am simply listening. I have said nothing. Just let the record state. Yeah, like Quentin. Yeah, Quentin is clean on this one. Do you remember a movie? Yeah. I was gonna. How different were you in the video archive days? What? How different were you in the video archive days? I think I'm pretty much exactly the same. By the way, instead of go back and watch like Valentino by uh, Ken Russell okay. if you want to uh, um, see a- well that's 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 Roger's interesting review on it was the fact that like to watch Valentino after seeing Mank Valentino has a special yeah. purchase Valentino was like hated by everyone when it came out and even Ken Russell was like oh I should have made The Rose instead mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like I wish I hadn't have made that movie that was the movie that like ruined me and blah 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 but when you watch it after Mank you see oh that's what Mank was probably thinking it was going to be. Interesting. Okay. And it's like there's scenes in it that are that feel inspired by uh, um, by Valentino. And I had to watch Valentino to wash my eyes after me. <laughs> it was just Damn, you really did not like that movie. No, I think. I mean, I know it's shot digitally, but I, thought, I think it's, I thought it I, cool. let's spend all this trouble to try to get the audio to sound authentic, mm-hmm. but let's shoot the it mono. on video where we have to smoke up the fucking room because there's no actual depth to video. Yeah. Quinn's not saying anything. Yeah, Quinn's not saying anything. <laughs> Quinn is so fucking diplomatic and political. I'm not being diplomatic at all. I just don't want to offer up any opinions Fair enough. Fair enough. about Fair enough. Yes. Uh, a, col- uh, a fellow colleague who sure. I really respect's work. Quinn was bitten by okay, a so that was, okay. okay, so that was the Roger about every genre movie made in yeah. the 80s. I just gave right? you an example Except of who I was in 1987. Every genre movie not made by Sam Raimi, that was Roger opinion of them yeah. all. Yeah, that was me. That was a flashback to me back Do then. Do you I remember just... a specific conversation in the store about a movie that you guys were talking about? Is there a memory of a specific one oh, that you sure remember that like... Well, like many. I mean, but, well, that, but that was how we used to argue. Well, we would talk a movie that, Well, the ones that I remember the most are the ones that Roger eventually came around. Yeah. All right, you know, where and it's I've come like... around. Yeah. Well, you came around to almost all the ones that were meaningful to me. Yeah. All right. And that's what counts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so at first, you know, when I, you know, I was able to see the genius in Jim McBride's Breathless on day one. All right. It took Roger four years or three years to understand the greatness. Look, it took of... me 10 years to like really appreciate Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, hated wow. Bla- I hated Blade Runner on first uh, yeah, yeah. on first viewing. That, yeah. that's, ha- I mean, that's happened to me with classics or for a film that I've It wasn't seen a classic. Like, Blade Runner was just a movie. It was a movie in theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a movie in theaters. It was like It was like a big mess of a movie where you've got a, you know, the main character plunking on a piano key <laughs> throughout the film well, it was blade runner and what blade runner and the thing open on the same day i think they did yeah yeah i think I they did. did and yeah, i was but a the, thing but guy. The, well, that I was, was a famous that was a famous guy. summer science fiction summer yeah. of 82 yeah, all right yeah, with et oh, yeah, yeah. T- a tron yeah. opened yeah. up oh, uh, star, oh star trek star trek the motion uh, yeah. star trek no star trek wrath of Khan. yeah so you guys don't think a movie should be allowed to have five different cuts uh before people decide which one they want i think your movie can have an personal and i used to not think this i i mean 
there is a kind of we have a thing where uh you know the theatrical release of the movie yeah. is the is the version that counts yeah yeah exactly that's kind of our general belief okay having said that when i saw what what lucas did by re-editing and re-envisioning and remaking thx mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which a lot of people were like shitting all over sure. you know this kind of oh how dare you re-envision your own work but he was doing things like that he couldn't do back then he couldn't afford to do and maybe even couldn't do like he added that auto suck machine like sucking on uh mm -hmm. robert duvall like while he's watching the porn i never understood that that's what was happening i saw the these kind of holographic women dancing naked and he's kind of sitting there looking kind of weird i never knew that he was jacking off mm. well he lucas has the balls to add an auto suck machine you know, like in the in the that sounds pretty good. I, 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 I never wanted adds, to see. I don't like THX, so I don't want to see it again. More stuff. I don't need more stuff. That actually sounds pretty good. He did. He did things like in the factory when they're making stuff. Before it was some kind of oblique, abstract idea of putting cylinders into tubes or something. You don't know what they're doing, and there's a nuclear accident of some kind. Okay, in the re-envisioned version, he's made it. They're building the robots that enslave them. They're okay. building the police okay. in there. That's actually what they're doing. He adds layers upon layers of background people in, in, into the widescreen and and enlarges the movie. Hmm. I think it's with the one misstep of the kind of monkey creatures that are in it in the in the parking garage area. <laughs> I think the movie is vastly better. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in its that actually sounds in its, better. Yeah, that's in that, its that, 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 that actually sounds. I think better. he, he used all the tools and all the power at his fingertips to transform the movie into what he would have done back in the day if he had had the tools. Interesting. And I think it's really a brave and wonderful yeah. thing that he did. The irony being that he's kind of famous for screwing movies up by going back in and taking Yeah, I, uh, now, now uh, uh, Han Solo can't shoot first uh, yeah, right, sure. when he shoots the guy under yeah. the table. Right, That's right, right. Okay, so uh, the only problem I have with that is that they remove the, the prior versions of the movie. They right, remove right, right, in E.T. Right. the fact that the Secret Service guys have right. guns. It's now they're yeah. all carrying walkie-talkies. Walkie -talkies. Oh, yeah. yep, yep. Okay, so you should at least allow those versions. Like you, like Lucas, the one misstep he could do is to not allow his original version, uh, his theatrical version mm -hmm. of THX to exist mm -hmm. and to be out there for people to look at. Like we should be able to see the evolution I of agree. what he yeah. did. Yeah. Sure. And you, you should still be able to see the ET that has, I, I get it. I get it. The, you know, Spielberg grew up and he's like, uh, this is a kid's movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take the guns out of it. Yeah. I understand that. That's mm -hmm. reasonable. But he should allow the other version to exist. Yes. Was my best friend's birthday shot at Video Archives? Partly, uh, the partly. one scene, the Alan Garfield scene is. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that movie on you on on YouTube. I think because yeah. I think half the film doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, or yeah, something yeah. Like yeah that. the Alan Garfield scene is shot at Video Archives. Okay, that's I, even behind the counter of the of the store. That's yeah. cool. I just wanted to bring. <laughs> and that. Like, bump yeah, my butt. Bump my butt. Yeah, and then <laughs> there's bump like, my butt. Yeah, there's the big. Uh, there's that little desk, uh, uh, counter. Uh, uh, Runaway train standee. Yeah, right, yeah, right that's right. The, it was Iconor, runaway train. Phoning right at the castle. And that was so exciting for me because, I mean, you knew Alan, but I yeah. had never met Alan until that day, I yeah. think, when he came down to, right. to act scene, in that yeah. scene. And so it's here I am. I'm acting in a movie. I mean, it's your movie, but yeah. I'm acting in the film. And I'm acting with, like, Alan Gorwitz. Alan yeah, yeah right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> who's, like, one of my heroes. And, and 
on top of that, he's doing all this amazing improv right. on that day. It was so much fun. That yeah. was a great day. That, that was, was my only day. view into what video archives looked like at the time when I saw that. Yeah, I, I didn't, a black I didn't, and white reversal yeah. view. Well, <laughs> if you want another view, just walk upstairs to Quentin's, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll want, see yeah, those really same shelves yeah. Yeah. This and tapes. A very interesting full circle for us, because right before we came to your house, we were at Kevin Smith's house down the oh, street, uh-huh, yeah. and he showed us Clerks 3, and we talked at length about how that quick stop is such an important place for him. Yeah, right on. And that he was able to go back and shoot at it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost like you guys were capturing a spot that was, yeah. that was your quick seminal. It's yeah, super nostalgic for us. Yeah, at this point. So. Yeah. And it's fun. Okay, guys, is that, that it? Us. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Quentin, thank you. We love thank you, you, Roger. Thanks we really lot, appreciate man. you guys, Thanks, guys. Yeah. And, and having yeah. us. Thank you so much. So, yeah, sure. Thank you guys so much for listening to the latest bonus episode of Real Blend. Uh, Make sure if this is your first time listening to us with Quentin, we have three other episodes, uh, one live from the New Beverly Theater that you guys should go listen to. In addition to all of our great uh, podcast episodes and all the great interviews that we've done over the years, make sure you check out Quentin and Roger's new uh, podcast, The Video Archives. And uh, we'll see you back here for brand new episodes of Real Blend, uh, wherever you get your podcast needs met. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.